This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Do not adjust your settings. Take your hands off the keys. Your search is over. These are the geeks you're looking for. You found Geek Watch One. Hi, Geeksters. I'm Kylan. I'm Ken. Hey, you found Geek Watch One. <laughs> See, this is once again why we need a video for of this running because it's seeing your face when you do these things. Cracks himself up. Yeah. Oh, oh my word. Okay. Huh. If we ever start doing this all together or something, we should run a video for it. <laughs> It'd be much easier to figure out the logistics of that. That's true. <laughs> Just run a Facebook live stream or something. There you go. Yeah, we can do Facebook live at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> That's easy. You just put up a phone in front of us. It's all good. <laughs> so, how you doing, guys? Good. 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 We're getting closer as everything gets locked down tighter and tighter. It it looks like we're getting closer to the end of this, possibly. Yeah, don't don't jinx it because no, we thought I, that months ago. Yeah, no. well, months ago they didn't say we had vaccines showing up in another week or two. That's true. You know what though? It kind of feels like the like the boss fight. Like you know, you you beat the one and like, or like it's the boss fight and you're like, you no, know, you beat them down and it's all good. Then all of a sudden they come down with this god ability and it's like. Yeah, like big power up, and you're like, oh crap. So I'm hoping that's not the case. I shouldn't have drank my last potion yet. Yeah, exactly. That, that's it. Like you're like what you're saving all the potions for. No, what's worse is when you get to the end of one of those games. This is separate from where we were going with that, but when you get to one of those games, you've been saving all the potions because you know you're going to need like 700 of them, and the boss bite is like he's a cream puff. That's all you. Yeah. Need. All you need is your bug spray and your frying pan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've had a couple games like that, that the boss fight was like, wait a minute, that was it? <laughs> oh, you've done it where you were running around killing demons, and this one, you're like, oh, it's not too bad. And you're like, oh, here's another one like it. You're like, oh, no, and you run for your life. <laughs> yeah, Final <laughs> Final Fantasy XV, when you're running around during the night, demons randomly spawn out of the ground. Nice. Oh. In the le- in my characters are right around level 30 right now. The demons are anywhere from level 25 to 65. <laughs> and they look the same until you actually get close enough to target them. And at that point, they see you. <laughs> Sure. So are there grab your monks? chocobo and run. Yeah. What? Are there any monks in that game or you don't get to choose your class? So I've not really seen anything like that. And this the cool thing, how much Final Fantasy have you actually played outside of just this one? I just played I've only played the first one. Okay. Like first one you can choose stuff. So Yeah. It plays kinda like an anime movie. So you just play okay. one of the characters and this one it's um he's the crown prince. And mm-hmm. the three guy, his three best friends are actually the um, his bodyguards that he's had since he was a little kid. Okay. So your party of four guys that you're running with are the guys you grew up together. Oh, uh, okay. And it, but it's cool because every Final Fantasy is a totally different world, but mm-hmm. the magic is similar. The um, the stuff, the beings you can summon are still in all of them. There's stuff that connects them that this is in the same universe, but it's a different right. world in that universe. So you got to learn the new world every time you play. Oh. Okay. And this one is very much an open world game. Okay, so you get to run around and do all kinds of crazy stuff, <laughs> but it's and it's weird because it's it's fantasy with magic and all that stuff, but it's like modern and future also. Oh. It's all of it mixed together. Like we're riding around in this giant um 
I think the calls called a Regala or something, but it's an Audi. It's <laughs> a fancy Audi. <laughs> okay. And there are um, actual modern-day um, president companies that pay for sponsorship in there so that their company is actually in this world also. <laughs> ah, okay. It's kind of cool. Okay. So you drive around in the car to get long distances, or you rent a Chocobo, which is a big chicken, and you can ride around on it like a horse, <laughs> or you can run around. Because why not? <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, I think you would have fun with this, but it's one of those games, I think... To play mo- just the story mode is like 80 hours. Okay. All right. I guess you can, if you really buckle down and uh, follow a plan on how to get it all, you can actually 100% the game, I think, and it was like 120, 130 hours. I'm not planning on doing I'm having fun just running around playing. Right. <laughs> so, and then there's some of the quests that are just random spawned. So it's not like you can say, okay, get a list of this is all the quests so I can do all the side quests here. Some of them are just random ones that pop up here and there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, and this one is weird because usually you get, um, there's three levels of spells and, um, you just, you have to buy them or you earn spells. This, you have to actually build spells. You actually collect elemental energy from around the world and use that to combine to make spells, which is a little different too. I don't know if I like that as much. Well, the guy harvests, you got, you go fishing and you hunt and gather things to make food to heal yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ah, When you go camping with your guys overnight, cause you don't get any, or all your experience gets banked. Until you either stay at a hotel or you camp overnight, and then you all it hits all at once. Kind of like um, in a regular role playing game, the tabletop role playing game, you don't level up as you're playing. It's usually at the end of the encounter the the GM gives you all your experience. Right, right. that's right. what this does. But when, right. at campground, one of your guys is an expert at cooking. So as you're picking up um, different things as you're going, he'll actually cook something overnight, and you get bonuses for the next twenty four hours, depending nice. on what okay. it is he cooks. And you choose, okay. he's got a list of stuff of all the ingredients you have. This is what you can make. Oh, okay. The one, um, one of them's a survival expert, so he's finding and picking up stuff from battles or finding stuff on the map, on the map for um, different gems and things that bo- give you bonuses to the other stuff. The one, so his ability is cool. The third one, I'm not sure how it, how it helps the game. He's a photography, and he takes pictures during the game. Now, I have no okay. idea how that actually helps you. I'm sure Maybe. at some point there's something. <laughs> maybe at the end of the game you get like a montage of memorable moments or something well you can what it is, is during the day he takes random pictures or you can actually have him take specific pictures as you're going too so because you had a couple of quests side quests that asked you to have a picture of something yeah and it'll give you extra cash a lot of times if you do like a, a photo side quest so you have to go to a certain spot and get a photo op and take the picture and then go back and show the guy but other than that there's i can't see anything else other than just some cash here and there Maybe okay. you're going to show your girlfriend, so. your fiance or whatever, show her your um, journey. Maybe. So, But <laughs> I'm only, I'm only, there's like 15 chapters of the story mode. I'm in the middle of chapter three right now. And I'm uh, probably uh, 25, 30 hours in. Okay. But I've been purposely running around doing other stuff. I've not uh, buckled down to actually knock out the story mode. Okay. So, and of course I'm playing on easy when it comes to combat and stuff. Cause I, I'm more about the story. I want to see how it's done. I have fun living in the world. Without having to worry about, am I dead? <laughs> <laughs> That's why this one doesn't... The old ones, like, you played the first one, so, you know, they had the turn-based combat. Yes. This one, it's kind of a hybrid of that and real-time combat. Okay. So there's actually... It'll stop, and you can choose something you want to do, and then it'll do it, or you can just have full-on real-time combat, and you just got to do it as you're going. Okay. So, I don't know if I like that fight system better. I, I liked the old... Tur- full-on turn-based combat where you choose, okay, this guy does this, this guy does this, then let it happen, and then next turn you figure out what you're doing. Right. But that was just me. <laughs> so that's the game I've been playing right now, although 
um, on the Black Friday sales and stuff for, for last weekend for Xbox, I did pick up Star Wars Squadrons. Oh, okay. That has been that's actually a, a lot more fun than I expected because I've never really been a great flight sim player. I've right. only played a couple of the intro missions, but it's not that um, difficult to get figure out how to get it all going. But it is a flight sim, so there's like 15 buttons you got to use <laughs> for different things. Uh, was it man? This was like years ago when um they had was it uh X-wing? Yes. And I I loved I loved it because it was. Because it was a flight sim, and you know, in, in you know, in mid combat, you know, you're taking damage, so you gotta move power from one system over to the other. And I, I don't know, I just kind of like this. This, stuff. this was um, this has that also. If when you're flying in the X wing, you actually have your three different power banks, and you can flip it back and forth. Vicky played the um, X wing mission we did. I played the Tie Fighter mission. Tie fighters obviously don't have shields, don't have all this other stuff. So you basically just yeah. have engines or weapons for the um, for where you have your power. For the X-Wing, you got engines, weapons, and shields. <laughs> right. So, it, it's, like I said, it's been fun so far for the little bit I've played it. And it looks like it, um, it's similar to Battlefront in that it has a single-player campaign, but it's very much a multiplayer online game also. Right. To play in matches with other players. And I guess um, you could actually squad up. If you got buddies, you can get like a four or five-man of your buddies and make a squad and run it that way. Oh, that's fun. So you're actually running with your own squadron. Oh. So... It's weird because I don't play a lot of video games, but the last couple of weeks I finally started playing some. <laughs> I also did pick I, up the latest two X or Tomb Raider games, but I'm waiting to get into those. But I think I know we're still. We're, well, I know Dawn is still doing House Flipper. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, she's. <laughs> and I'm. I'm ba- I got a bigger bank than you do at this okay. point. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm bouncing between House Flipper and Call of Duty Cold War. Yeah. yeah so, but. I, I haven't gotten that far into it yet, but um, it's I, the music is good and the story is good, and I don't know. I kind of want to. It, it's one of those games where I want to almost feel like I have to have a few hours to play to really do anything with it. Yeah. So, so yeah. But yeah, so uh, that's I don't know. But I like with House Flipper, I, I I'm 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 still like well, I'm kind of building up my skills, and so. Everything is open concept. I was, like, I was like, I was telling Don, like, it's like watching the housing shows. I'm like, why does everything have to be open concept now? But everybody's See, afraid of a wall. Is that what that is? But, I've always you know. loved the idea. I would love to, um, if I didn't have a whole house, I wouldn't mind doing like a loft apartment. Right. It's all open right. except for like a bathroom in the back or something or a bedroom and a bathroom in the back. You would have a few separate yeah. separate areas, obviously. Well, that's the way you do a loft. You actually sp- separate it off even though there's no walls in it. <laughs> You would still right. have to have walls if we're going to podcast. Well, you know yeah. how echoey that's going to be? <laughs> that's true. I'd figure it out. <laughs> a big enough bathroom. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. Someone that goes on about liking pocket doors you want in the loft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our actual dream house would be building a... Um, from the outside, it would look similar to like a European castle style with the turrets on the corners and stuff, like a square building. But the inside, have it more Japanese style with the open courtyard in the middle and the pocket doors. and. Oh, fun. That'd be nice. Never, have a balcony around it. Never going to happen, but... Yeah. If we're in this region, I'd have to actually make sure we had a glass ceiling above the... And, so that you could actually have the courtyard year-round. As <laughs> someone who has a pocket door, they get stuck far too often. Yes, I grew up with a house <laughs> with pocket doors. <laughs> but I like the farm uh, doors better. Yeah, she likes the this, half farm doors. <laughs> yeah, I want, the, I, want a, I want a the sliding barn doors. I'm, I want one for when we redo our closet downstairs. I want to put a sliding barn door across it because I don't... <laughs> 
I don't like those bifold closet doors, and I don't Mm-mm. want one that opens all the way. So right, yeah. We found them for sale. We could tell you after the show that were pretty. There's a couple pretty, places they have priced. it for pretty good. Yeah, they weren't priced bad at all. There's a place near Cleveland um, that actually has all reclaimed barn wood. They go out to barns and reclaim it, mm-hmm. and they'll actually finish it for you. And they have the mechanisms, and they sell everything there. Oh, cool! And instead of having to go to the big box store, you know, yeah. supporting that kind of thing. So you mean you're not going to go to IKEA to get your rustic-looking barn door? I'm not going to go to Ikea for pretty much anything at this point. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ever going to go to an Ikea because everybody's like, oh, we're going to go to Ikea. Where's that? Pittsburgh. What? Pittsburgh I'm not going to Pittsburgh Col- to get a, a bookcase. Yeah, Pittsburgh and Columbus are the closest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I used to go to Ikea when I lived up in Toronto because there was one in Toronto. Right. Yeah, if there was um, one have, in the region. They have amazing deals for some of their stuff. Right. But, um, but yeah, I'm not going out of my way to – and plus, I'm like, I'm not into that just – plain style of stuff right most of it that they have so mm-hmm. i rather go thrift store shopping myself right mm-hmm. especially we have enough antique and thrift stores around here that have some awesome furniture no kidding there are there i mean there are some that are specifically focused on furniture too and mm-hmm. ones that are a little more they're more retro than strictly antique or thrift store like mm-hmm. if you go to the bomb shelter that's i consider them a retro store i don't even consider them an antique store yeah mm-hmm. You know, something like that. But. but yeah, the bomb shelter is like an art st- or the um your retro furniture shop, but the sellers are all artists. So it's what is the artist done with what this was back in the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they ha- and they have int- they have a lot of industrial stuff in there that mm-hmm. I think is cool because they mm-hmm. get it from the factories. Right, right. Plus, yep. there's a music. The Akron Music Museum is right there too. It's like in the same building, and you just walk through bomb shelter, look around, and then you go look at the Akron Music Museum, which is like one room. But <laughs> so, see, I might have to go. I, I, I'm going to have to go there because I was, yeah, I was thinking about something yesterday. Like I was listening to, I was listening to radio because I always do, and there was um, it was a song by the Pretenders, and then it made me think about how Akron, of of all of Ohio, Akron area has an inordinate amount of artists that have made it big. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I was I was trying to think of all the artists that that were from the area, and I kind of included Canton and Kent in that as well. And actually, I know I forgot some people, so I want to go. Did you remember the waitresses? See, I didn't remember ah. the waitresses. <laughs> See, I don't know. I heard that one. See, at least one of the guys from the waitresses, if not the entirety of the waitresses, because we went. Remember, he owned the Jeffrey Dahmer house. That's in right. Green, that's, and that's right. When we went yeah. there and met him. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that's how we have the connection to the waitresses because we went to the Jeffrey Dahmer house. That's right. Ah, <laughs> we did. Well, you got you got guys also like um, that people don't think about like um, Tim Owens, lead singer yeah. for Juice Priest for years. That's right. Um, and then owned a defunct wing place. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah Ripper's um, draft house or whatever it was. Went. He went from Judas Priest to a wing bar. <laughs> oh, that's because uh, Rob Halford came back and he lost his job. <laughs> right, right. He had to use his name for something while he was known. Because I think it was called Rippers or something. It was Rippers. Yeah. Yeah. We went there. And that, that was like the first place that I had dry rub w- wings. And I was like, oh, my God, these were so good. Because they had one that was like rotisserie. Mm. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that place was crazy because the actual dining room side of it, you had to step over the stage to get to it. Yes. Yeah, because the stage yeah. was in the doorway. <laughs> so, but um, mm-hmm. you guys watch any movies or TV or anything yet? Because there's not much going on still. We watched Mandalorian, obviously. This week I watched um, 
I watched Anna and the Apocalypse. I've heard of that. Which, it's on Hulu, um, by the way, because otherwise it's on, I think on cable it's on Epic, so you have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But if you have Hulu, it's on Hulu. Um, it's a it's a rousing, festive musical about killing zombies. Um, it's, a, it's a British movie, came out uh, 2017, and oddly enough, it actually starts with reports of a pandemic, and it does mention hand sanitizer. And so it was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Uh, but it was the zombie apocalypse we didn't get, basically, is what mm-hmm. we're talking. And um, it has a bit of a Shaun of the Dead feel because people aren't noticing what's happening at first. And, of course, it's about high schoolers, and they've got their earbuds in, and they're actually singing because it's a musical, and they don't notice all the destruction and zombies around them mm-hmm. as they're singing down the street. Right. Uh, but... It actually has some really good music and it's like traditional um, movie musical kind of music. And um, yeah, it's just, a, it's a pretty standard zombie movie. They fight yeah. a bunch of zombies and you're not sure if someone's going to survive in the end. So, right. but uh, it's not overly gory. Like if you, if someone's worried about it being like a, hor- it's under the horror category, I guess, but not overly gory, but it's got, you know, the zombie makeup and a bit of blood and lots of stabbing. Um, mm-hmm. But it is a Christmas movie because it's set at Christmas and um, Christmas weapons are used. I mean, Anna actually um, decapitates and stabs zombies with a giant sharpened candy cane. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, so it's festive. Um, <laughs> I had I had fun with it. I I, I thought it was fun to watch. Well, that, um, it's weird because there is a subgenre. If you look, if um, no one's ever heard of it, of horror musicals. Yes, there right. is. Have you guys ever seen what is it? Repo the Genetic Opera. I have not seen it, but I know about it. Right. It has, um, I know, it was Anthony Stewart Head that was in Buffy with the Vampire Slayer? He's the, actually the main character in it. And it's, yeah. and I guess it's based loosely on H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Yeah. About I mean, a guy- te- technically speaking, Rocky Horror is a, a horror musical. Yeah. <laughs> so, it is. Um, but that, Rocky also- has its own category, though. The, it's in the category of movies called Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, cult horror musical category. Um, but of course, you also have, Christmas horror movies as a category. Yeah. And interestingly, Hulu has a category. Hulu actually has, if you're interested in horror movies right now that have a festive nature, go to Hulu and they have a bunch of them in one category. Festive horror movies? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like festive horror or something, or dark festive. Some I forget the name of the category, but it's obvious when you see it. Well, um, they have they have a whole category for it. There are full okay. on slasher movies that are Christmas movies. Um, yeah. What was it? Black yeah. Christmas or something has been remade like six times. Black- yeah, yeah Black Christmas. and of course there's Krampus. Krampus is a is a horror Christmas movie. Right. That actually last night was Krampus Knox, so it's appropriate. Right. Uh, <laughs> Technically, Gremlins. Yeah. Well, they usually even put Gremlins under horror though. Like yeah, they usually right. don't. They because it's not really all that gross and scary, and technically it was a kids movie. Have you right. seen the kitchen audience. scene? Right, I know. Right, the microwave. Come on, microwave. Uh, the blender. You so know yeah, the, it, the the um the props people on that movie had a blast figuring out yeah. ways to kill gremlins. <laughs> How can we make this look as gross as possible? We just want <laughs> green slime everywhere. Um, the other thing that Hulu has, which I ended up watching, they have festive episodes um of in two categories. They have one that's basically um sitcom festive episodes from a whole a whole range of sitcoms, and they also have one that are iconic festive episodes. And uh, a lot of those tend to be more animated, but they've got like all the Bob's Burgers Christmas ones 
just you can just pop it on instead of having to search through the seasons and look for the the Christmas one. Right. They're right there in the category. You have iconic episodes. Nice. So if you just hmm. want your favorite sitcom or cartoon, adult cartoon, I guess you could say, um, you just Hulu has categories for that right now. Yeah. Which I, I thought was kind of nice. Yeah, I've not, really, I've not really looked through Hulu's um, categories. Usually if I go to Hulu, I know specifically what I'm going to look for, and I just watch that. Well, see, I, I knew I wanted to see Anna and the Apocalypse, so mm-hmm. I looked up where it was actually available, which is why I was on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then once it was done, they gave me that horror Christmas horror category, and I'm like, they have a category. And so that's why I had to go look at the categories. Right. So Dawn um, found a rabbit hole. I did. I was the, the, good, the thing with Hulu is – their choices aren't that long. Like they only give you about a dozen to 20 kind of choices in a category. Yeah. You know, it's not ongoing like Netflix when you don't notice that it's starting to repeat itself and you're like, wait, I'm back at the beginning and I didn't notice. Right. Yeah. Um, Hulu actually stops. <laughs> but, um, and on Netflix, I also watched the holiday movies that made us. Ah, I didn't know that was out there. There's two episodes. Uh, one is about elf. And one is about Nightmare Before Christmas. And watching both of these, I mean, I knew I knew a lot of the Nightmare ones already because I've watched Disney documentaries and stuff on that. Mm-hmm. But watching both of these episodes, you realize that both of these movies almost never got made. And right. <laughs> for various reasons, Nightmare, I think, is a little more obvious than Elf as to why it never got made because um, the style and it was supposed to be Disney. And that's why Disney didn't own it at first. Like, it didn't want it. That's why it's called Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, really. Right. Um, well, yeah, that they didn't put it on any of the Disney things. It was Touchstone, which Disney bought or owned, but it wasn't a t- directly a Disney company. Part of that was because once they had shot a lot of it and they tested it, kids didn't like it. And so they were like, we can't do this. This isn't a kid's movie. Right. And that's why it went out there as a PG or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's not but, a kid's movie. It's Tim Burton. Tim Burton has, I don't think he's ever made an actual straight up kid's movie. No, Hello. he hasn't made specifically hmm? for kids no necessarily um in terms of his original ideas <laughs> but a lot of kids actually like them like now kids like them like when it was in theaters it didn't do well right yeah. and that's what you don't realize until you watch it because we're so used to seeing all the nightmare stuff and the jack skellington stuff mm-hmm. you don't realize that when nightmare first hit theaters no one went to see it right it it was one of those after the fact hits mm-hmm. that they realized and um that it did so well and elf you would think that just coming out with a christmas movie wouldn't be such a big deal and it would have been a, a a slam dunk but the timing of when they were making this unknown writer unknown production people um john favreau was not known for directing at the time right. and will ferrell was not a family comedy guy Farrell wasn't even known at the time. When this first started, he was the only movie he had out was Night at the Roxbury. So no one wanted him for anything. Right. Okay. Well, he was, everybody knew him as that um, Saturday Night Live guy. Right. Right. But the year this came out, before Elf came out, Old School came out. And that created a problem because they didn't know how to market Elf. So (laughs) there's a lot, there's a lot behind the scenes. And it's actually really cool if you enjoy these movies and that to, to see what it took to get these things made because mm-hmm. it was kind of amazing they did get made. So right. um, that's on Netflix, the holiday movies that made us. And they, it's along with the same their other series, the movies that made us, yeah. the toys that made us. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, They've already done so one yeah. of the one of the Christmas ones that, that they could. That's probably why they didn't throw it in here. Was the Home Alone one is already on the movies that made us. 
So if you got yeah. if you want another holiday one, that is definitely a Christmas movie. Right. 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 So um, I don't know if they're if it's supposed to if there's supposed to be more of them or not, but it was only two episodes when I watched it the other night. So I didn't know they were making more than the first season of Toys That Made Us, and then like every six months or so, you get it just appears. <laughs> there's another one, that, another series that they've made. Yeah. Right. I, th- I thought it was worth the watch if if you're into those movies and don't actually want to watch the movie, but you want to see what happens. And right. actually, one of the things in Elf they talk a lot about is how they shot all the forced perspective. Because, it, you know, it wasn't computer generated to have him really big and the elves really small. It's right. all forced perspective. Right. And they talked about how they actually managed to do it. And Bob Newhart does, you know, they talk about his scene. So you'd like to see it, honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they talk about how, like, when when young buddy is riding the tricycle yeah. and Papa Elf is behind him talking to him. Mm-hmm. It's got this kid on the tricycle, and behind the kid is a four-year-old with his hands on the kid's shoulders, and behind him is where Bob Newhart is sitting. It's on this, like, elongated vehicle. Oh. So it looks <laughs> like the elf is behind him with his hands on his shoulders. Ah, okay. So it's, it's really kind of cool the way they, they talk about how they did some of these shots and mm-hmm. how many they did, because they needed a lot of them. Yeah. And also talk about the issues they kind of, sort of, almost had with Rankin Bass because of how... They, I mean, they were obviously influenced and and flat out copied some of the stuff. Right. Yeah. A lot uh, of it very much felt like a Rankin Bass version of Elves. Well, that's that's exactly what John Favreau wanted. Yeah. When he came, he said Rankin Bass, mm-hmm. and they were like, "Okay, do we have permission?" <laughs> like it was like, "What do we do?" So, so yeah, I thought I thought they were kind of fascinating episodes to watch. They're like less than an hour long. So. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. We got to sit down and watch a new movie this week though too, because finally. Mulan's available on Disney for free. Right. Well, if you have Disney Plus. Yeah, they're not charging extra for it now. And um, I was telling you before the show, Kylan, this very much, it felt like, um, you could tell it's the same story as the original animated. But you guys were saying the stuff I was telling you sounds more like the original story of it because there is magic and and things put in there. Like um, the invading Huns, they call them something else because it's actually what the, there starts with an R, but it's actually what the tribe was that was attacking. Right. And uh but this is very much a Hong Kong fantasy style movie where mm-hmm. you, you got guys running straight up walls. Um and a lot of wire work the way that you would for like a Hong- Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon style film. Right. So, and um most of the main actors uh people who have seen any uh American American kung fu movies are going to recognize Jet Li's in it, uh Donnie Yen's in it. Uh Ming-Na Wen is actually in there for one scene too. Right. Yeah, she yeah. does cameo with her daughter. That oh, was, yeah. That was that was a surprise that she wasn't allowed to talk about before the movie came out. She had she had to keep that a secret. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot of people you're going to recognize. Um, I don't remember the actress's name, but Mulan's mom. You remember um, from Next Generation, uh, Keiko O'Brien's wife. Yeah. She's in it uh, as Mulan's mom. Rosalind Cho. Yes, yeah, her. Yeah, she's <laughs> Mulan's mom. Okay. Cool. So it took me a minute to realize. Like, wait, I know her. I recognize her. Don't remember what from. <laughs> that also, um, Vicky and I, when back when it first started, watched a lot of the um, Rocket Jump on YouTube, the channel, and it's yeah. um, Freddie Wong and his brother. Um, what was it? Um, Jimmy. Jimmy Wong. Jimmy's, well, a, Jimmy's actually in this, <laughs> so I recognized him, uh-huh. and I had to go back and figure out. Wait a minute, who is that? That's who that is. So it's a YouTube guy that's actually made it to the point where he's doing actual acting and stuff now too. Like okay. seriously, IMDb is your best friend watching movies these days. Yes, yeah, like, true. Like, that's what happened. But the problem is, I don't 
IMDb until later on in the until the movie's almost over at the most. Because right. a lot of times you get spoilers for actors that are coming up in roles that wait a minute that that actor or that role is in this movie. <laughs> right, that's true. That's mm-hmm. true. So I don't because once I'm almost done with the movie or the movie's over, then I'll go back and read the trivia on it and all that stuff. I I tend to do that when Kylan is watching certain old TV shows and I just happen to be there and I look up and there's someone, I'm like, why do I know that person? Then I have to look up this old TV show. Mm. I'm like, oh, that's why I know who that yeah. is. <laughs> you see them after this. That happened in uh, an episode of, um, well, a couple of episodes of, um, of um, which one is that I'm watching? Renegade. Oh, Renegade. It Renegade. happens yeah. with Renegade. Oh, oh yeah. Late like 80s, actually- early 90s, and through the 90s, all the syndicated stuff had everybody in it that's ever that made it big in the 2000s. <laughs> I mean, one of the episodes I'm watch- that I watched, uh, Carl Weathers directed. Yep. Yeah. I was like, that had was to that, be- Was that the one that Angie Harmon was in? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and I think, and I think that had to, that had been about the same time that he was doing Street Justice. And I don't know, maybe that was like had to be one of his <clears throat> early directing uh, gigs. Go. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. I was like, well, oh, the other okay. one, if you can ever find it anywhere, because it's really hard to find now, is if you watch the old Tales from the Crypt. Yep. And see mm-hmm. that every episode, one of the guest stars is someone that made it huge after that. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Somehow right. they just got the cream of the crop of the up and coming. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, and actually, um, I was watching an episode of um, of Highlander's series. and Oh, they did a lot of that, too. Yeah, because uh, there was a guy that – I can't even think of his name now. He, he, was in, he was in Buffy, but he ended up going over to Angel. Who, the one he, watcher he, guy? Yeah, the one watcher dude. Okay, uh, no, it's been a long time since I watched Buffy. No, no, not the yeah, yeah. It was the one that was he was training under Giles. Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> hey, he he ended up he ended up playing a bad guy in Highlander series, and I'm just like, I'm just used to you not be being too scared to do anything, and now you're like a druggy bad dude. And I don't like you anymore. No, but no. he's married to Willow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. Well, um, the funny part with Highlander the series was in the first episode, trying to get your head wrapped around Bull as the villain, Bull from yes, Night Court. Slam! <laughs> that was that because you, if you'd never seen him do anything other than Night Court, you're like, wait, what? The huh? That's because yeah. of size. Uh, yeah, there wasn't many actors as big as him back then mm-hmm. that could actually do something. Mm-hmm. A lot. There's a lot of guys that are super tall, but a lot of them are not athletic at all, or they're just no. super super skinny and they just don't look like they mm-hmm. could hurt a fly. Right, well, then so. you have your other dude, um, Clancy Brown, who yeah. plays like nothing oh. but good guys now, pretty much. Pretty much, and yeah. It, like, he is one have, of my favorite actors of all time. If you, if you see him, like if your first encounter with him is Highlander, you're like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, but but see, I was confused because I had Buckaroo Banzai. That's true. You had both at the same time. I, I, actually, Buckaroo Banzai was my first uh, encounter with him, and then I, I I didn't see Highlander until college, and I'm like. We growing up watching Buckaroo Banzai in the mo- or my early um, adult years, I, that never clicked that that's who that was. <laughs> I don't know why. Somehow it never clicked that that was Clancy Brown. Well, he yeah. did. He did look pretty different though. He did between between Highlander and, and yeah, Banzai. the Kurgan is a very very memorable role. But, but the thing is though, it's his voice. Yeah, like now anything you hear, he never changes his voice. He it's does like, it, a lot yeah. of voice actors change voices for characters mm-hmm. and stuff. Clancy Brown, always Clancy Brown. That's because he's hired to be Clancy Brown. <laughs> he's hired for that voice. It's kind of like Sam Elliott. Always uh, you're Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliott. Exactly. <laughs> it was, just, was it in um, – he plays a teacher in the Goldbergs, and 
the brothers, there's like the, the two brothers, the Goldberg brothers have different Highlander clubs. And so they're fighting for there to be one Highlander club. And so somebody makes a comment about Kurgan. He says, he says, he was just a, he was, he was a tragic, highly misunderstood character. Right. <laughs> but then the one brother said, can't we have two Highlander clubs? And he said, there can be only one. <laughs> yeah. At some point, I need to watch that show. I've been, I have no idea to, uh, no one has to sell me on it. I just haven't sat down to do it. The thing is, we don't even watch the show. We just send a, tend to see these clips that come up all of a sudden. And that, it's like, that got... relate to us because it's the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> and and, um, and uh, uh, Sirius XM's, 80 station runs clips from the show That's all the true. time. They yeah. Soundball, all the so. time. So, from, yeah. Well, from my impression of what I've heard from that stuff, plus people talking about it, it's basically the Wonder Years for Geeks. Yeah. 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 The Wonder, the Wonder Years took place, what, the 60s or the 70s or something like that? 60s or 70s? This takes right. place in the 80s when we were kids. So, it's all about the stuff when we were kids. <laughs> right. True. And one of the brothers is a total geek anyway. So. Right. So does that mean does that mean they're they're gonna redo thirty something? But maybe they'll make it fifty something because we, I mean, the millennials have a bunch of their own shows. Gen Xers never really got their show. I'm just saying. We don't need one. We have the other shows to enjoy. That's true. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I sound like an old guy, but if you look in music and um, other than in genre TV where we where we usually run, when it right around the turn of the century, two thousand, music has pretty much not changed much since then. And TV, other than our genre shows, really ha- it's the same thing running now that was running in the year 2000. Yep. Legal shows, medical shows. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's basically just it, – it got it plateaued and stayed there. Yeah. I, I blame it on um, corporate ownership. When place, places like Clear Channel bought the radio stations, now you can't get on unless you're friends with them. I just, I just blame it on unimaginative old people. <laughs> right, right. Hey, wait, that's it's us. Like, no, no, we're no, not we're, old. We're not old. We're 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 well aged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a cheese, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Or rum, whatever. I, I, I I'm rum. I, I'm rum. rum. I'm I'm cheese. You should be cheese. Why should I, I be cheese? Because you should. Come on, should you not be cheese? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that, what it is. It, what usually brings this conversation up for me, like at work and things, is. You sit there and you think, like, um, last summer, the big rock and roll tour that was coming through was going to be Motley Crue and Poison, and um, Joan Jett was on it, and there was mm-hmm. a couple other bands that were huge in the 80s and 90s. It's like, if you go 30 years in the future from now, who's going to be doing these stadium tours that people are going to actually want to go see? What rock and roll bands can you think of that are around now that are huge that in 30 years are still going to be huge? Queen? Panic at the Disco. Pan- yeah. And Fallout Boy. I don't know if they're yeah. big enough right now, though. They they have a following, a huge following, have, but it's not like what these yeah. guys were. They have a lot of. Hit. I mean, I mean, not everyone likes the hair band. I mean, I there's no yeah. way in hell I go to a hair band concert. Right. I don't even listen to them on the radio for goodness' sake. <laughs> yeah, but Walter likes hair bands. I know. Well, I well, I give in to Walter every once in a while. But <laughs> That's because Walter's much. designed to play hair bands and only hair bands. <laughs> I mean. I would say Nickelback, but I gotta go take a shower afterwards. Yeah, Nickelback pretty much is done already. Man, yeah, no, I can't no even. No one talks about Nickelback. No, no, no. <laughs> like oh, I said, honestly, a rock star. The the bands that um that are doing these reunion tours now that people are going to go see filling stadiums. What what kind of they had the impact then, and they still have the impact now. The bands we were talking about then, they didn't. They still have yet to be able to do arena tours in their time now. Right. Right. 
They can do but, arenas. They can't do stadiums. These are the fans. Of, a lot of fans now don't care about going to concerts. Like, yeah. if you can watch online, why are you going to go live and be around a bunch of people and – I mean, why not just watch them online? I don't like honestly. I'm not a big concert person. I'm fine I, just watching them yeah. online. Yeah. I, I love live music though. I, I know. It's still I, live. No, I mean actually being there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, I that's always that's probably that's one of the two things I miss about the pandemic. Now I'm not talking about big concerts necessarily because actually I love going to like small clubs and doing that sort of thing. Local shows are better anyway. Yeah, you know, like that. Uh, and local bands checking that yeah. that scene out, but I I don't know I just I, I, I really a can't... lot of a lot of millennials they don't they don't care about the big concert no. scene like they don't care about arena rock and no. going to see their their favorites in and that's concerts. just sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean the the only one the only wait no Gaga Lady Gaga was still Lady Gaga seriously draws crowds that's true she, she does she's got stages she does yeah but that's a different genre that's not you know what I mean. That's yeah, a totally rock, different animal. Rock is not a thing right now, though. I know. I, mean, I hate to say it. That hurts me. And I mean, come on. The biggest band right now is BTS. Right. I've that's never real. heard them. I've heard of them, I think. Mm-hmm. That's K-pop. I mean, that's they're K-pop. the biggest Ah, band okay. Now. Yeah, K-pop yeah. is huge. So, so that's, I mean, it, it cycles. I mean, pop was big in the 80s, too, and new wave, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. You know, that, that was a digression. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you did you did get your email from Cybertronic Spree, right? Yes. Yeah. That it got bumped again. But hey, hopefully by next December <laughs> we'll actually be able to go to see a show. <laughs> we'll no, see. It's no surprise that anything gets bumped right now. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, we should talk about our buddy Charlie, because I know you usually mention him anyway. Yeah, what has uh, he got going on? He posted this week, if you're interested, there are uh photos on his page that he has Fully stocked everything at the Odd Mall Outpost. If you're interested in buying some of him, some of his stuff, and uh, you need a little bit of Christmas shopping to get done, uh, you can head over to the Assembly of Odd. There are a couple of small refrigerators there that are now fully stocked with various mustards, as well as Akron pickles and even stray dog sodas. Cool. And sodas are good. Yeah. So they're all there. He posted a couple pictures, and while you're there, since you're at the outpost, you should look at all the other stuff made by local, sometimes not so local, um, artists and crafters and that kind of stuff. You you will find one-of-a-kind things to give as gifts this year. Yeah, there, he's open now for about four days a week, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think it's primarily around weekends that he's open right now. So check that out. And if, any information about it, you can go to Oddmall's website, or the Oddmall Outpost, <laughs> is it oddmalloutpost.com? I believe so. If not, look up Oddball Outpost on Facebook and you'll get all the information there. Bye. So Always good. Yeah. Yeah. And Charlie's always out there doing stuff. If anybody gets a chance, even if you don't get a chance to go to the Oddball Outpost, find him on social media or at their websites and get a hold of him. He could probably ship to you your um, everything you need for the holidays. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so. he has if, – if you happen to be um, a manager who wants to do something really cool for your employees – or if you have, or if you're someone who maybe wants to thank some perhaps frontline workers or something, um, Charlie has a lunch, a doggy bag deal for lunches where you can order. I think the minimum order is twelve, but they're five dollars a bag, um, and it comes with a full lunch including a cookie in every bag. A oh my gosh! 
for only five bucks a bag. Uh, like I said, minimum 12. So it's only 60 bucks to show your appreciation. You can order that from Charlie. They will put them all together. There are three choices of the, um, the sandwiches available. And, you know, you can treat, like I said, treat your staff, treat some friends or family who are on the front line who have been working through everything. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll deliver it to them and everything. You don't have to do anything except call Charlie and set it up. So um, it's $5 a bag, minimum 12. And uh, look for that on the Stray Dog page of Facebook. He, he posts the, uh, the image for that on a regular basis to remind mm -hmm. people that it's available. Cool. Actually, <sighs> uh, no, I just – what? I just had. Have you ever had a thought, and it's like it was an awesome thought, but then something comes and pushes that thought out, and all of a sudden, like, ah, no, that, I was going. That happens to Homer Simpson. He can only fit so much in his head, and every time something new comes in, something old goes out. No, I got, so, I got. Like, congratulations. No, I got like <laughs> I always. I have it about fifteen thoughts in my head yeah. at any given moment, and this was a really awesome one, but it didn't make <laughs> me think about something else. Because you mentioned his, you, meant, you I mentioned you, the chocolate chip cookie. You mentioned a chocolate chip cookie. Now it was just National done. Cookie Day this weekend, people. In case you missed it. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't know that. Um, yes. Insomnia cookies had a deal going on. I'm not saying we took part, but maybe we did. Maybe we did. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying. We made you got, him back. You got those healthy cookies from from them, right? Yeah. You got the healthy insomnia cookies delivered. Yeah. They do have vegan we, cookies, which. I don't, it just sounds weird to me, but then again, Vicky keeps saying that a lot of desserts are vegan already. Luckily, they only have one variety of vegan cookies, so you can ignore it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they do have their holiday cookies right now, which includes, um, what is it, hot cinnamon. Um, whiskey. Hot cinnamon, hot cinnamon whiskey. Yeah. Um, peppermint, uh, or candy cane, they call it, but it's peppermint with white chocolate chip. And spicy hot chocolate, which is a chocolate cookie with a touch of spice in it that has a marshmallow melted on right. top. And I will tell you the 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 spicy the hot whiskey the one hot, the hot cinnamon whiskey is hot it, it is hot it's like it's like crushed up red hots on top of the cookie yes plus an edge of whiskey to it and it's it's real hot it, it's it's a good cookie don't get me wrong you have to want a hot cookie but though. yeah you like you have to want cookie. a hot one because <laughs> it 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 builds up fast okay wow so that that's our cookie review for the yeah. day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that is our cookie review. There you go. Yeah. Well, if there's any new stuff, because we're gonna the the main thing we wanted to talk about here later is gonna be um, part of the news anyway. But Dawn, is there any smaller stories that we should get to before we get to that? I do. I do have a few stories that are interesting. Um, the Mandalorian has become the first Disney Plus show to make Nielsen's streaming top ten list. Awesome. Um, nine episodes were available at the time. The measurement was taken by Nielsen, and it was estimated to boast more than a billion minutes of streaming, taking the third spot overall for October 2020's list. Obviously, with more episodes out now, it'll likely be way up there on uh, November as well. Especially with some um, of the stuff they're putting in the newer episodes. Right, because everyone's just clamoring for all of these characters and events and things that are happening right now. Uh, if it, for, for those who are curious, Netflix, the queen's gambit finished in first place with, uh, 1,850,000,000 minutes streamed and surprisingly the office, which probably because it's leaving Netflix at the end of the year, uh, came in second place with 1,046,000,000 minutes. Um, and other titles in the, in the top 10 didn't crack a billion but they all came from Netflix, and they included things like Schitt's Creek, Haunting of Blind Manor, and uh, Great British Baking Show. <laughs> now some, some news that Kyle and Will enjoy that I'm not sure he caught 
over the past couple of days. No. They have cast Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie. I heard about is, that. It's none other than Oscar Isaac. Oh! Oh! Oh, <laughs> oh my! I honestly don't expect these big reactions when I do this sort of thing. Oscar Isaac? Yes, Oscar Isaac as Solid Snake. Now they just got to figure um, out how to make the movie good. Yeah, that that's probably... I mean, they're getting better at video game movies, so it depends Whoa, how they approach it. But the, um, Wow. Uh, apparently, back in a 2019 interview, yeah. um, Oscar had expressed an interest in playing the character. So it was already out there. And um, and the, the director kind of heard about it anyway. So the the script is written by Derek Connolly and Avi Arid is producing. Okay. Um, so, oh. I mean that's it's still it's still technically in development. It's with Sony. Yeah. Um. So obviously a lot of movies are in development okay. right now. You know, you know who I want for it. Big Boss? I want Clancy Brown. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I would just I was just thinking about. I'm like Clancy Brown would be perfect Big Boss. Okay. I watched you play this game these games enough, so I know who right. you're talking about at least. So and I promise you. <laughs> At some point, you're probably going to hear snake, snake, snake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there are times like I'll be hitting a really difficult part, and he'll go over and over. <laughs> you get the same dialogue over and over again. I'm like, oh my god, come on. <laughs> wow. So there you go. Oscar okay, Isaac. I so like o- it. Oscar Isaac is playing like as many big name characters as he can. Wait, at his point, yeah, his geek strong right now. You know, we're getting him in Dune next. Yes. So. Um, and when, some, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask about when Dune drops, but we'll wait to get that when we get to the to the last news story. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and some not so great news uh, out of uh, out of the Disney realm. We found out that the Ducktales current season is officially its last. Um, it's now in its third season, and there are several new episodes uh, coming. And there will be an epic finale. So they've got this planned out. They know how it's going to end. They're going to give mm-hmm. us an actual ending mm-hmm. um, from this rebooted, that very popular reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can you can stream the first two seasons on Disney Plus, and the season three is finishing out its run on Disney XD. And if you're interested in you know the original series, the 1990 movie, several of the shorts from Ducktales, that's all on Disney Plus as well. Yeah. That's well, really, three seasons is more than most cartoons get. And they've had a lot of episodes, and they've been really solid too. Yeah, right. And plus, we did have that news a week or two ago about the potential Darkwing Duck. So yeah, well, you gotta think the original series basically launched Disney Afternoons. Yeah, we went for five or six seasons back in the nineties. Yep, I mean we we got Darkwing Duck back then, (laughs) and we got Rescue Rangers and Tailspin and. So, you know, there's a lot of places they can go. Right. <laughs> yeah. Disney syndicated animation was huge back in the late 80s, early 90s with Gummy Bears, with uh, those th- yeah. those ones, with, um, I think Jungle Book was towards the end. Or, no, there wasn't a Jungle Book one, but there was, um, was it Baloo Bonkers was... was the end of it? Yeah. Right. There was a couple of other ones that were slipped in there that didn't weren't as good, but they were still part of that whole run. They, mm-hmm. they were trying to make, it, the ones that they created new characters for, didn't do as well as the established, you know, I recognize this Disney character sort yeah. of thing. What well, it was weird because it's like you look at it, the starting about eighty seven till about ninety seven, that ten year run was just the a, a Disney golden years. If you look at the movies, you look at the animation, you look at a lot of stuff going on. 
It was just that they're right in their sweet spot. Sure, for sure. <clears throat> and considering you mentioned how much I love the legal stuff earlier, this is appropriate. Um, <laughs> Clive Barker has recaptured U.S. Hellraiser rights. Um, if you weren't aware, there was a lawsuit going on. Wow. I, I was aware. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Clive Barker has gained the U.S. rights back to the Hellraiser series leveraging his rights under the always exciting Copyright Act of 1976, which, yes, is currently still in enforcement, um, which allows for authors to reclaim the rights to their works from publishers or including things like movie producers after waiting 30 years or more. So stuff had been done, obviously, and they were still sitting there, and he was just like, well, 30 years is up. I'm bringing suit and getting my, my stuff back. So what this means is that he is he's regained the rights to his novella, The Hellbound Heart, which all of this Hellraiser franchise came out of a novella, not even a big novel. It was like a short novel. This is where, where this all came from. Mm -hmm. um, as well as rights to the screenplay for the original Hellraiser movie. Um, he, he officially reclaims them on December 19th, so in about a week and a half, two weeks. Um, and... At, from that point onward, any new version of the material to be made needs to go through him and has to have his involvement. So basically, it's all his now. Good. And awesome. I, I did mention a couple of weeks ago about um, Barker actually already signing on to be involved with the HBO series that's in the works for Hellraiser. Mm -hmm. So this makes it all that much easier for HBO really, because now they don't have to go searching for him. Right. And yeah, just... he, he may have screwed himself out of a bigger payday because yeah. <laughs> HBO could have had to be sitting there going, please, please come back. Exactly. You know? But you know, Clive Barker well, has a crap load of money. So um, yeah, there's also a new Hellraiser movie in the works in case you didn't know. Right. Put that out there. That's well, I mean... always a Hellraiser movie or one of the classic slasher or Hellraiser or one of those movies. There's always at least one of them in the works somewhere. Right. But see, the thing is, Hellraiser is different. Yeah. Um, if you've ever either read the novella or seen the movies, it's a little more intellectual almost. Like, it's not just Hellraiser. Anything from Clive Barker is never just a slasher thing. Right. He has done some very slashy things. I mean, he has a series of books called Books of Blood. There's a reason they're called that. Right. Um, <laughs> but. But it's still never just a slashy. It's never like a Nightmare on Elm Street or a Friday the 13th mm -hmm. or Halloween. It's never just like that. There's a lot of his stuff has puzzles involved. Right. Um, if, if you don't if you don't know that, it's it, there's a lot of puzzles involved. It's, it's a little more saw, I guess, a little more right. saw yeah. than Halloween. Right. You know, he's got a little more intellect behind it. And and if people thought things through, they might be able to get themselves out of situations, but they never do because it's a horror movie. And that's the point. But, <laughs> but even the characters themselves, like pinhead is a fairly almost innocuous, but completely evil character. Right. At the same time. Mm -hmm. But you see him and you're scared, but then he gives you a chance. Never works, but he gives you a chance. <laughs> yeah, I've, never, I've actually never seen any of the Hellraiser movies. Um, yeah, it's a quite honestly, I love Clive Barker's stuff. I'm not I'm not a slasher movie person, but I can read it um when it's done right. right. You know, like certain like you know, like certain Stephen King things I prefer more than others. Mm -hmm. Clive Barker, I can pretty much read any of his stuff. It doesn't matter if it's slasher or if it's his fantasy side of things mm -hmm. like like Weave World and Imagica. Mm -hmm. They're more, much more fantasy, but they have horror in them. Right. Just the way he writes stuff, just mm -hmm. 
is much more appealing as a, on the horror side of things, and that's how he approaches the movies and stuff like that too. Well, you know, the thing Ed, thing I think about is like you you mentioned that you know that he has this entire franchise to come out of a novella. Mm-hmm. The thing is, really, uh, the the Godfather is a novella. Yeah, that's true. You know, and you 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 had something, you had a novella that you got a two hour two plus movie out of it. Made sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then it turned into a whole franchise that people are talking about fifty years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still. And, and uh, it, it, you, you know, just you just need the good idea that you can get on paper that people can expand right. on, and one or two really good characters to capture people. Right. Like if you didn't have you know, the Corleones in The Godfather, you wouldn't have something good that could expand that essentially influenced so many other mob things from that point on. Right, You know, and if you didn't have Pinhead for Hellraiser, those characters, you couldn't expand and create the entire world that it's created. Yeah. I mean, I got got a co-worker who is a horror nerd. Like, he he posts, he he posts his, uh, his bookcase of nothing but uh, that upgraded from DVD to Blu-ray horror stuff, and and he's the he's that guy that will buy memorabilia and have it autographed. And so, is it Hellraiser that has that ball? No, that's Phantasm. The Phantasm. Okay. Well, he had something from Hellraiser that was autographed, and he has all the T-shirts and stuff. And so, I'm pretty sure. He's probably somewhere doing a backflip right now. Uh, <laughs> well, because he, you know, he, that's from the golden age of horror. Mm-hmm. Really think yeah. about it. So, well, that all that and also is like you're talking about the novellas and how you could b- build that into a movie so many times. Arnold Schwarzenegger made a career out of novellas. That's true. If you that's look, true. Running Man, uh, Total Recall, both of those were short stories. Yep. <laughs> yep. There were. I mean, I ran. I remember when I read Running Man. And it was nothing like the movie. Yeah. But I loved it. <laughs> the concept loved- was there. I read that in less than six hours. Uh-huh. I stayed up all night. I couldn't put it down. Well, that's, see, that's the good thing about going to novellas to make movies. Mm-hmm. You can expand on a lot. You yes. can basically get everything from the novella into the movie mm-hmm. and still expand. You can. Whereas when they try and attempt that with big novels – it seldom works. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely... <laughs> For good reason. Like, the novels definitely have more development, so you don't have as much creative license. Yeah. yeah. You know? That's right. So, yeah. Oh. Well, even... even oh. um, well, it's not much Schwarzenegger. It's sci-fi in general. Look at Blade Runner. Yep. Blade yeah. Runner had very little in the novella that um, actually ended up being becoming the movie and everything's from there. Right. right. But your concept right. is there, and then, like you said, you... Those stories are small enough that you have to expand them. Sometimes you just need the inspiration. Yes. You need the, something on paper to inspire you, and from there you can take it in your own direction. Exactly. Um, but the last piece of news is what we really want to talk about was the big announcement this week that came from Warner Brothers that uh, they announced that every Warner Brother movie that is set to hit theaters in 2021 will be following essentially the, the release model of what they came up with for Wonder Woman 1984. Um, they'll still be released in theaters, the, but the theaters that are open, obviously, um, but they will also debut on HBO Max the same day, no extra charge to subscribers. Um, yeah. 
This is this is going to have ramifications throughout all of entertainment. It really is. The fallout and, from um, this. Now, the way they've worked it is that um, they'll only be available on HBO Max for a one-month period. In, oh. Until they're out of theaters and going into their usual release. Okay. Um, onto like DVD and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So basically, they come into onto HBO Max the same day for only one month. So you're not going to be able to sit there and say a couple months from now, oh, I'll watch it whenever. No, okay. you have you have one month. That's it. Okay. Um, and then it'll leave the platform, but continue theatrically in the U.S. and international areas for as long as the movie runs. Like, you know, the usual kind of run that um, either they've agreed to in the theater or because it's popular, it stays in the theater or maybe it disappears right away after a month. Right. You never know. Um, but all the all the customary and contractual distribution me- um, distribution uh, windows, et cetera, are, are happening for the theaters. But... Of course, you don't have a lot of theaters open. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's but, the part for me that on this whole thing that I was confused a little bit about because last, if I remembered right, the way the theater contracts have always been traditionally, you would know more than I would, Don, is that they're the only place that's allowed to have it for the first run. Right. And it actually is in the contract saying that. So how are and, they able to get away with something like this? Well, basically it's because of clauses that, allow one party or the other to change terms if there are it's kind of like i guess you could say an emergency clause it's the force majeure clause that has come into play with a lot of things over the past few months like like conventions where you don't hear a convention is canceled until a month beforehand because Mm -hmm. if they canceled it before then they would lose all their money Mm -hmm. they have to wait until a month before so this is the sort of clause that is likely in all of these theater contracts saying that if something's going wrong, we get to either renegotiate or change how things are coming out Mm -hmm. because we still have to sustain our business. Um, Now, Warner Brothers did stress this is just happening for next year. Okay, It's a one-year thing, 2021 movies only. Mm. Now, of course, that includes basically all the movies that were supposed to be released this year. Yeah. So it's a hell of a lot of movies that they're getting out of this. That yeah, do theater, you have the list? Um, it includes, let's just say, it includes Suicide Squad, Matrix 4, Dune, Many Saints of Newark, In the Heights, Space Jam A New Legacy, Mortal Kombat, and God- Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. So that's a lot of movies, a lot right. of big movies. Um, and they don't have plans to continue it into 2022, but that's a, for the moment... That's until they see what this does to um, subscribership. Right. And, of course, if more theaters are opening, they get more money via the theaters, technically speaking, than to offer this for free to people who are already subscribing. Right. Um, But, uh, basically, Warner Brothers said, with this unique one-year plan, we can support our partners in exhibition with a steady pipeline of world-class films while also giving moviegoers who may not have access to theaters or aren't quite ready to go back to the movies the chance to see our 2021 films. Okay. I, now knowing now that they're doing this only for a month, that a is not. I mean, for I know, oh, but the month release. Yeah, a month release. That it's not like, oh no, well this movie is out and you know it's going to be there for opportunity or whatever. That I, I I'm okay with that because that doesn't. As much as I get the the reason for a decision, 
it's at the same time, it's not going to completely make movie theaters irrelevant. Hopefully. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. That's because, um, Kylan, you look at movie theaters the way you do concerts, same as me. I like the live experience on the giant screen and all that stuff. There's a lot of people who don't want to leave the house and they'd rather watch it at home. Well, and the thing is with, with big movies, some of them need big screens. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't care how you try to argue it. Your average romantic comedy does not need to be on the big screen. No, it no. doesn't. I don't care what you try to do to tell me that this drama needs to be on a big screen or most comedies don't need to be on the big screen. But when you've got something like Matrix, mm-hmm. when you've got something like even Mortal Kombat, when you've got Godzilla versus Kong, yeah, Godzilla versus Kong, you got to see that fifty foot tall. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. want this on the huge screens if you can get it that way. Right. And you know the the fact that they're saying you know if you're not comfortable, we're still going to let you see it. If you're fine with that, then then here you can still see it. But if you are comfortable and if you have places open near you. Then here you go. It'll be there too. And a lot of places, a lot of people do not have theaters that are open near them. Right. Some of them, especially like Regal theaters, because mm-hmm. they they shut down. Um, if that's all you had in your area, you obviously can't. Don't even have the option. Right. Um, but if you have, you know, AMC's or Cinemarks, those are still. I know our Cinemark is open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all around the area, so there are limited screenings, but mm-hmm. they are still open. Right. Um, and it's interesting because I looked on. I've not. We've not been to the theater since they've reopened. But I saw if you actually um, get a um, like two tickets, it automatically blocks off a certain amount of t- seats around you. Yeah, that that is what they're doing. That's that's one of the things um, because obviously now you have to buy your tickets ahead of time, um, either online or at the theater. That, that's always what you've had to do is choose your seats. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, for the past couple years at least. And uh, that's one of the things that because we're we're part of the Cinemark Movie Club where we get like the free ticket every month or whatever. So we've got some tickets stacked up. I say you got a bunch of them sitting there, don't you? (laughs) Well, they put it on hold for a while. They did put it on hold. So they weren't charging us. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, they they do send out emails about uh, what their standards are, what they're doing, um, the regulations they're either following or things they've passed in terms of of um, cleanliness and hygiene and and sanitization and that. And that is one of the things early on that they said, when you get your tickets, things are automatically blocked off around your party, Yeah, um, which is good. And then of course, if you're not eating snacks and stuff, they're requiring masks while you're watching the film and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So um, it, if you're comfortable with it, it is supposed to be safe. I mean, I have not heard specifically of anyone or any like spreader events happening because of movie theaters. Yeah. Right. No, no. Well, that's like looking at, I'm honestly looking at it as like Wonder Woman coming out on Christmas Day. That's one that I really want to see on the big screen. Right. So right. I've tried, so trying to figure out how do you want to do this? When you know what I mean? Right. We'll and probably that, wait about a week. Yeah, we'll probably wait till the next week or something. But I mean, honestly, going to the movie theater on Christmas Day—that's a bad idea anyway because yeah. so many people might be going. Right. Um, but yeah, waiting a week, going to like the first showing of the day, mm-hmm. um, especially if they have the early showings like at 11 or something, regardless of the film, you're getting way lower crowds yeah. at that time of day, even on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, you know, what, whatever makes you comfortable. Now, it's not clear what terms were discussed with theaters prior to this announcement, which is a bit of an issue, but of course they're not going to make that all public. Mm -hmm. Uh, The CEO and president of AMC said in a statement 
that the chain had already commenced an immediate and urgent dialogue with the leadership of Warner on the subject. Uh, he went on to say, clearly, Warner Media intends to sacrifice a considerable portion of profitability of its movie studio division and that of its production partners and filmmakers to subsidize its HBO Max startup. As for AMC, we will do all in our power to ensure that Warner does not do so at our expense, will aggressively pursue, pursue economic terms that preserve our business. Now, if you notice, he's basically saying Warner's looking after its own pocket, which is not surprising, um, and wants to boost subscribership. And at the same time, he's saying, you know, we want to protect what we've got going on here, trying to reopen theaters. He's not mentioning anything legal because based on their contracts, there's probably not much he can do. Right. <laughs> Oh, right. That, that's how you know that contractually speaking, the theaters are screwed. Um, if, if you remember in, in episodes past, we have mentioned some new agreements that were coming up with theaters in terms of how long the release windows were going to be um, because of companies wanting to get things onto streaming sooner rather than later or get them onto DVD for people at home, that kind of thing. So those windows of exclusivity were closing. Mm -hmm. And you could see perhaps Warner Brothers had already had this in, in, their, uh, in, their, in their view when they were renegotiating <laughs> these yeah. kind of contracts. Well, yeah, because initially the idea with that contract was the fact that you could have it in theaters or pay-per-view at the same time. Right. right. Kind mm -hmm. of basically the way Disney Plus was doing with Mulan, making it a pay-per-view sort of thing, um, a premium bonus um, it, you know, and, and releasing in theaters overseas and that kind of thing. So, um, they just, they just took it from that and they were just, you know what, we're going to give it free, but you have to subscribe. So current subscribers, that's not going to be too big a deal. And, uh, the other interesting thing that was announced is that free trials are ending soon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically HBO, uh, Warner brothers, HBO max are saying, you know what, uh, we're going to do this for all our subscribers. And guess what? No free trial where you can watch the movies you want to watch. You're going to have to subscribe. Right. So they're, they're winning either way. Right. Um, other, other movie chains like Regal and Cinemark, they haven't come out and said things strongly about this. Because um, they're still talking to the lawyers. <laughs> right. But, um, you know, they have, the, uh, Cinemark specifically said that for the time being in the near term, they're making booking decisions on a film by film basis. Mm -hmm. So even though there may be overarching rights involved with theaters and movie companies, mm -hmm. the specific movies themselves are often agreed upon on a film by film basis. Um, and especially with so many of these movies that were supposed to be released this year that won't be coming out till next year. Anyways, all those contracts got screwed. Right. So pretty much everything will be film by film. And yeah. so Warner has the power behind all of this now. Because they're like, we're going to do this. I don't care what you want to do. We're doing it. Yeah. Right. Well, the other one, the other side of this, that um, on the internet side of this, that is interesting seeing the fights back and forth is looking at something like a Roku that doesn't even have HBO Max yet. Right. Right. And then how does it affect that, that all of a sudden you know HBO Max is probably going to get a boost in numbers watching it, but no one's going to be looking. Um, people may actually at some point, if they don't have a streaming um, device yet, We'll actually look at what streaming device am I going to get. Oh, wait, I can't watch my new movies on a Roku. Right. Right. But, I mean, at the same time, you can watch them on a tablet. Yeah. That's <laughs> you know, you can watch them on your laptop. Yeah. Right. But 
it it may also give give incentive for Warner Brothers to work through it and actually put it on Roku. Yeah, right. You know, available that way because then mm. they're making money. I mean, really, I mean that's the whole point. They want to make money out of this. Uh, they're losing money by not having it in theaters. Right. I mean, because I mean, Roku has. I mean, you got Disney Plus, you got Hulu, you got uh, Prime. You can they're, pretty much get almost everything on yeah. Roku now. Yeah, I think Peacock so, is actually on Roku, but um, it's on Amazon Fire also now, isn't it? I think so. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I know HBO Max finally came to terms with Amazon, but from what I've heard, it's um in the way Roku's business model works or something, because I guess Roku yeah. um wants a percentage of anybody who's subscribing on a Roku device and right. ad revenue, part a part of the ad revenue from anything you're streaming on their service. Yeah. Instead of a flat fee, saying okay. Um, you pay us this much and you could be on the service. Right. Right. But that's something thing, with that. The thing is, Warner Brothers is a hell of a lot bigger than Roku. Yes. Yeah. And they can come into this and say, listen, this is what we're doing. We can we could get you this many more subscribers and we're going to pay you this. Mm-hmm. If you want it or not. And right. the, the, what we're talking about here is has been ta- has been happening for six to eight months already or more. <laughs> or they just turn around and say, I'm going to buy you. Yeah, that's the <laughs> next thing is at and just buys Roku. That is the other option. Right. So um, I don't I don't know if this is really going to um, influence other movie production companies to do this. I mean, really, Disney has already started doing this. Yeah. You know, we know there are certain movies. Um, I don't know if Disney would be willing to go all the way with Marvel movies doing this. I don't think they're going you to. You know, um, because one of the things they had said a while back was that Marvel movies would always be in theaters. Mm-hmm. However, that does not mean Marvel movies will always exclusively be in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, right. they could decide to do something like this uh, and, and it, drop time. Well, if you look I, at the, I, go ahead. I think it dilutes the brand. I, I'd be honest with you. And I, I talk about this on my Marvel geeks. Uh, and I really believe that I get why Warner brothers is doing this. And I know that people want to see Wonder Woman. Hell, I want to see Wonder Woman. But I, I will tell you right now, it's going to dilute the brand. We're the, we're the geeks. We're going to go see this regardless. When it's in the theaters, we're going to see it. But your typical uh, movie-going person isn't as invested as we are. They want to see it. If they're able to see it in the comfort of their house, yeah, okay, great. And I get that they're doing this for a year and there is like a, a month of pop or whatever. But people will start asking for this, especially after 12 months of this. They're going to start asking it and they're going to start expecting it. Um, but that doesn't mean the company has to give it to them. No, they don't. And yeah. they don't. And I think now the truth is eventually the, the company – I think the company will have more influence on this than – the movie buying the ticket buying public right i i really believe that because if they refuse if the company refuses to make these movies accessible on streaming services you know well new feature releases have them accessible to streaming services on a widespread basis if they refuse that then you if you want to see whatever this movie is you have no other choice to your your choices are either go go to the movie, pay your ticket, go, or just wait. And old old school way, basically. old school. <laughs> and I think people are, eventually people would be would be sick of being in their houses 
And well, see, and here's the other side of that, yeah. though. The goodwill of the company. The company is making itself look good by saying, you know, if you're comfortable, if theaters are open, go ahead. But we're also going to let you sit at home because we don't want people going to movie theaters right now because right. it's not safe for everybody. So it makes the company look good on that it level does. to say, just stay at home and still enjoy the movie. 12 months from now? Oh, yeah. Oh, we, we have vaccines now. Uh, and we have pro, you know, better, pro, more informed <laughs> protocols in place. We don't have the concerns that we had 12 months right. ago. So, yeah, they just start releasing again. Right. Yeah. I could see that Disney maybe choosing to do it for a few months. Yeah. To see how it goes. I mean, because they've, they've already said certain movies are still just going to be coming out on Disney Plus mm -hmm. anyway instead of theaters. Right. So well, I could see them doing that for a few months. Yeah. I, if I remember right, there's really only four big distribution movie houses. Mm -hmm. There's all mm -hmm. kinds of companies that make movies. But you right. have uh, Disney and Fox together now. You have right. Sony Pictures, which is Columbia, and yeah. mm -hmm. Paramount's still there, Universal, and Warner Brothers. And yeah. um, if you look, though, I think um, the other four, the other ones outside of Disney Fox or outside of Warner Brothers are going to watch this this month and next month real close because mm -hmm. next this month we had Wonder we have Wonder Woman. Next month is Mortal Kombat and uh, the Little Things, which is Denzel Washington's and Jared Leto's new movie. Mm -hmm. And Remy and Malik. So that should actually probably hit pretty decent. And they're going to see what do the numbers do for this. Because Paramount is launching Paramount Plus in, what is it, January? They're relaunching um, CBS All Access as Paramount Plus. Ah, okay. And then um, Universal has Peacock already out there, ready to go. Um, right. Now, Sony doesn't have their own personal um, streaming yet, as far as I know. They may be working on something behind the scenes we don't know about. But and Disney has theirs ready to go. So, depending on what HBO Max does in the next couple of months, with these couple of big ones hitting, because um, there's nothing in February, but Tom and Jerry, the new, some new live, or um, computer animated Tom and Jerry big screen movie is coming out in March. And mm -hmm. um, a couple of other movies for uh, Warner Brothers. Depending on how that happens, that'll tell what these other streaming services do. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, Disney already has a foot in the door. They released Onward on streaming. Yeah. They tried their premium thing with Mulan. Um, they have Soul coming out at Christmas as well. Yes. Um, so they've kind of got the foot in the door thing of just releasing on streaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Paramount and um, Paramount and Universal are going to be the ones that are going to be watching a lot of this just to see what happens and whether they want to try to do something like this with their services. Right. 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 If Netflix is smart, they're talking really a lot, a whole lot with um, Sony right now, Sony and Columbia. Right. Right. If, they, if they could get an exclusive deal with Sony Columbia that instead of those guys coming up with their own service, they actually get it all onto Netflix, it would make a huge deal. And that would be, I think that would be the boost that Netflix needs. Because right now, Netflix is actually dropping on, on their stock prices and things. I mean, not drastically, but you can see there is a downward trend with all these other ones flooding the market. Well, and, and the fact that Netflix is losing big name stuff like from Disney because the contracts are ending. Exactly. You know, that kind of thing. So they're, they're not getting the pull from say families for Disney material and that kind of thing or right. star Wars stuff. Yeah. All of that. Now that's all going to Disney plus. So right. Netflix does have stuff to make up for at this right, point. Right, 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 right. So that, yeah, that's something that um, I think Sony's the only one that we're not sure about how they're going to get their stuff out as much. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see. It's right. Everything is is a wait and see at this point. Like it has been since March. Right. Like <laughs> we don't know what's going on. We think we don't know. You know how 
quickly people are going to be able to get vaccinated and how well that's going to work when it's a two-stage thing mm -hmm. and and getting people back comfortably in society right when it's just like have you been vaccinated or not you know you should only be vaccinated to go here or whatever mm -hmm. that kind of thing it's kind of like does that become requirements for going places going forward once vaccines are available all of a sudden in march and april it's like well you can't actually come into the theater unless you can prove you've been vaccinated you know right. there could be that right um but i mean you know all kinds of companies movie companies and and other companies are are still have been trying to figure out what to do this entire time mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. everyone else is so you know it it's it's a wait and see we'll see we'll see how it works we'll see if people are we'll see if big name movies will either keep people at home or draw them back to theaters knowing that they're actually there. Yeah. I think that what's helping people with watching movies at home is the price drop in huge uh, TVs. You can get, yeah. at this point, you can get a base model 80-inch flat screen TV for under $1,000 easy. Right. Right. And an 80-inch TV is your entire wall of your house, just about. <laughs> right. So I mean, yeah, that's a thousand dollars or just under a thousand dollars, but still, that is basically a movie screen in your house at this point. <laughs> and technically, a lot of people have gone for movie projector kind of televisions now over the past few months because they wanted to have bigger screen stuff mm -hmm. going on. Right. And the projector prices for the quality is started to come down. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So. So it's a wait and see, but it is an interesting thing. Um, we'll we'll keep an eye on what theaters come out saying. We'll keep an eye on whether there's going to be any lawsuits. That, we'll <laughs> definitely be watching for all the legal ramifications because Miss Dawn loves that stuff. Right. I do. I'm such a dork. <laughs> hey, that's it. there's a reason you chose your chosen profession. There is a reason I'm there. Um, but yeah, so that, that's what we got on that for this week. Right. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. Um, and we'll let you guys know next week what we're doing for the holiday schedule. We haven't actually sat down and talked about that yet because it's sneaking up on us pretty quick. Well, so. the, thing is, the thing is, the 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 holiday schedule coming up, the holidays happen to fall right around when we record too. So Yeah, yeah so we'll, we'll really talk about that after this is all done and we'll let you guys all know by next week what's going on. So you'll know when to catch us and where. So anything else before we wrap this up today, guys? No. Nope. Okay. Well, Geesters, I do this at the end of every show. You guys know what I'm about to ask you. What did you think of the show? What do you think is going to happen with all these streaming services and with um, things like Warner Brothers going to HBO Max with all their stuff? Let us know what's going on. Miss Dawn wants to know what, what's your ideas of the legal ramifications of all this. She will talk to you for hours about this stuff. <laughs> Let us know. You can get a hold of us at www.geekwatch1.com. Anywhere, everywhere, all social media, Geekwatch1. You put Geekwatch1 into a search bar, don't find us, let us know, and Miss Dawn will take care of the problem. I, I won't do it in, in an illegal fashion, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on our um, network, or you can email us, geekwatch1 at gmail.com. You can find us on our network homes at Tangibound Network at tangiboundnetwork.com and the Weebie Geeks uh, Podcast Collective at weebiegeekspc.com. Also, don't forget to check out our friend Charlie Murphy with Stray Dogs and Cafe 388 here in Akron, Ohio. Uh, you can find a Stray Dog Akron or Cafe 388 on all social media or Google search him. And he will be able to hook you up with all of the sauces and mustards. And um, he may have some of his frozen stuff ready to go. I, we're not sure. Huh? Charlie loves being Google. Yes. 
He loves to get in the Google here and there. So, also, you can get a hold of our friends at the Pop Insider and the Toy Insider at thepopinsider.com and thetoyinsider.com. And other than that, for Dawn and Kylan and Vicky and myself, just remember... No matter where you go, there you are.